0: Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost Podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.
1: You just get my parents and your dad and do it shotgun style in Vegas. No, you deserve better than that, but
2: substitute for another
1: guy. I Who are you? You sure as hell ain't John Locke. What makes you say that? Because Locke was scared. Even when he was pretending he wasn't. Your I out The third choice, James, is that we just go. We just get the hell off this island. And we never look back do that together so what do you say James are you ready to go home
0: from st louis missouri it's keys to lost Weekly podcast dedicated to the ABC television series Lost, hosted from a musician's perspective by keyboardists Matt Murdoch and Leslie Sanazaro Santi. And now, here's Matt and Leslie. And welcome to Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to ABC Television's Lost, hosted from a musician's perspective. My name is Matt Murdick. I'm a keyboard player in the St. Louis area, and I am joined, as always, by singer, songwriter, and pianist in her own right, the fabulous Leslie Santee.
3: Aw, thanks. Hey, Matt. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay today Just kind of okay It's been a long week We did the initial reaction on Tuesday And that kind of threw my whole clock off a little bit You Mm -hmm. know, with editing and putting it back up But it was a very fun show Very informative Donald and Heath had some great thoughts And of course, you can catch that That's our episode 41 prior to this one If you haven't caught it yet You can of course subscribe to us on iTunes If you wish as well Speaking of podcasts, we want to again shout out to Jay and Jack and their Marathon podcast, which benefits Autism Speaks, a great a great cause. That podcast will be on March 20th and 21st. I think they start at noon on the 20th and go to like 6 p.m. on the 21st. And uh, Axel Foley from the Lost Mythos cast and Heath from Lost Revisited Now will be taking a shift in there as well. And, of course, Heath is one of those. That does the initial reaction roundtable with myself and with Donald from Donald is Lost each and every week. That show was on our feed this week. It will be on the Lost Revisited Now feed next week. So look for that. Uh, You can find us in TalkShoe by looking for the page Keys to Lost special segments. We usually start sometime just a little after the West Coast sees the airing of the show. So be sure to check that out. Uh, If you're on the West Coast, you can come and join and call in or put your thoughts in the chat. We always enjoy having anybody there that wants to contribute. Ah, have I managed to breathe in there at any (laughs) one point or time?
3: You've gotten pretty good at that introduction. Pretty good at
0: that mindless spiel. (laughs) Then let's move on to our initial reactions to this episode, Season 6, Episode 4, The Substitute. It was written by Liz Sarnoff and Melinda Taylor directed by Tucker Gates and it was a fabulous episode let's get into it I'm sure that doesn't mean that much to you because back when you were called the shot you pretty much just reacted Initial Reaction Okay, so... Wow That's about all I can say Wow mm-hmm. Wow What a great episode I mean this was just A fabulous episode uh, How many times have you seen it? Twice. Twice Twice What did you think the first time you saw it?
3: I loved it I thought it was awesome um, I loved seeing Oh my gosh I mean just about every scene Had something cool in it You know Or every like 15 minute block Had something that was a big wow We're like wow yeah. Yes That's awesome you know, I loved seeing, you know, we, we we were seeing a new character, you know, the young Jacob-looking character. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure that anybody... I'm not sure that we we think it's Jacob at this point, but the the, the new boy that, that Locke sees, that MIB sees, and Richard, really dramatic episode for Richard, and, and the ocean cave with Locke and Sawyer was just
0: amazing. Yeah, you know, there was so much information that I just was in overload. I, I couldn't... I couldn't process more than one thing at a time. And I actually had to work my way back, backwards from the last scene, Uh
2: back
0: towards the beginning, because I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, all of those names on the on the cave walls and everything. And and then you go back and and essentially back to the very first parts that perspective of 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 smoky you know when he uh-huh. first goes to the dharmaville as Smokey, you know and you see him in the window there so you know who it is and you hear the sounds and everything and then you go back and the the, the him picking up the machete and all of that uh yeah. when he turns back into into lot it's just i mean from like you said in every segment there was at least some little just like mind-blowing thing it was a lot like the first episode like lax Uh you know where we just got hit over the head with so much stuff uh, that it's kind of hard to even two days later process it all Uh i'm sure that i'm probably going to miss some things that i shouldn't and i'm sure it'll be pointed out to me in emails or comments but (laughs) that's fine you know if we miss something please do let us know again you can email us at keys to lost at gmail.com what did you think about the whole thing about Sawyer? I mean, do you think this is where we're going with his character? Do you think he's going to be bad? Or is it bad? That's the other question. It is, you know, All MIB seems to want to do right now is go home, and it looks like Jacob's been the one who's manipulating. Your friend Erica brought that up uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she may be on the right... Uh, when we watch the premiere, she may be on the right tail that Jacob may not necessarily be the all-good guy here.
3: I don't know. You know, I still have a feeling that Jacob's at least on the lighter side, or the side, you know, that we've always kind of seen him from. You know, giving people choice and that and that kind of stuff. And I think maybe some of the things that that MIB is saying right now is very, are, are very manipulative things, and you know, trying to point out all the things that Jacob didn't do, so that he can, as Alana put it, you know, start recruiting for yeah. whatever his mission is. Um, so, so I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, But I love Sawyer in this position. I love seeing Sawyer. You know, we've seen Sawyer be the the con man sitting back on the beach in a chair, like just kind of, you know, quietly planning his little plots for things that are going on. We've seen him become basically a leader to everyone. But he's always been around everyone, and now it's just him. It's just him and Locke, you know? And he's only got himself to deal with. And I think Sawyer... You know, at least the swear we've known so far makes very different choices when it's just him than when it's everyone. Especially at a time when he feels like he has nothing to lose right after Juliet's death. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, clearly he could have cared less if Locke was smoky or anybody else when he came into his house at Darmaville and he was all drunk and... You know, he said, "I know you're not Locke." <laughs> you know, with like no yeah. big surprise. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, we did see uh, some of the things that we pointed out in, in Sawyer's character analysis uh-huh. really ring true in this episode, and mm-hmm. things like the fact that he is a person who can, who reads people, you know, and and knows what their tickings are pretty much from the get-go, you know, yeah. which is a great talent of, uh, for being a con man himself. So. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, that may be a little bit too much into detail. I just wanted to, you know, that was one of those overall impressions where uh-huh. we were kind of discussing, wow, what's about Sawyer, you know, what, what's he going to do and mm-hmm. everything. We can talk more about that later on. In the meantime, you want to get into three words?
3: Let's do it.
1: So i You have spoken three
0: words to me. Three words. Three words that say, I love you, episode, I love you. (laughs) All right. uh, Leslie, what were your three words?
3: My three words this week are Richard looks scared.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It really stuck out to
0: me. Yeah. I mean, it was was pretty clear that there's so many implications in all of that, too, because it just seems like he doesn't even know what's going on at all, which is kind of disappointing although i've been they've been demystifying the richard character since last year so i guess yeah. it shouldn't be any great surprise
3: well i kind of hope that there's some reason this a larger reason that we're going to find that jacob needed to keep everybody in the dark so that you know either they'd really have choices or you know whatever the reason might be that there's some lighter reason for for them not knowing
0: yeah yeah me too so my three words were in game revealed because since it's all coming from MIB, we're not really sure. I mean, we do know that MIB wants to go home. He's pretty much made that clear. But is, is this truly what Jacob's purpose for these losties is? Is to find his candidate or not? Uh, or to find uh, uh, his potential replacement or not? Oh. No. You know, uh, or, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that that is one of his objectives. But is it the total objective?
3: To find someone to replace himself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what MIB says it is, but we don't know for sure.
3: Richard says he's going to kill everything. Right. So.
0: Exactly. But But then again, evidently Richard doesn't know anything at all. Yeah. Who, Who knows exactly what's going on here? Unless Richard's lying to MIB.
3: That would be some really twisted...
0: Really Line of, almost of too logic. hard to keep yeah, track yeah, it really of. Would lying be. on top of lying on top of lying.
3: I think I'd be a little disappointed in the writers if that were the case. Yeah,
0: we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, let's uh, let's get into some three word tweets. Leslie, you want to start?
3: Sure. Anesso eighty seven says, "Holy frickin' cow," um, and uh, also says, "Not very creative, but absolutely fitting." <laughs> they also list, "Keeps getting better." James Looks Hotter, James's New Jacob, Candidates Recruiter's Rules, Creepy Young Boy, and I Want More.
0: Cool. Like it. Uh, Lost Boss, who is the operator of lostblog.com, says, in quotes, and your dad. And then also, put on pants. And then peace and karma which with uh, Helen's shirt. Said oh, karma that's what it, it said. I
3: saw it said karma, but I couldn't see Okay. Yeah, I okay. think
0: that's what it said. So. Mm.
3: Brady Boy says, um, I thought it was amazing. I'm so confused. I have two groups of three little words. Sawyer is pantless and Professor John Locke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're seeing a trend here with the Sawyer and no pants. <laughs>
3: Everyone noticed Sawyer was pantless, apparently. <laughs> yeah,
0: evidently so. Did you notice?
3: I, I don't think I really noticed too much. <laughs> He's not my kind of hottie, though. That's why.
0: Uh-huh. All right. Well, Big Daddy STL06. That's, of course, Big Daddy Daz. You can catch his blog at BigDaddySTL.wordpress.com. It says, Sweater Vest Bin. Mm-hmm. And what number's <laughs>
3: Um, Justin Keys says, Lock, Unlock, Emmy.
0: Yeah, I agree there. Terry O'Quinn was awesome. Illuminant CEO, and you can catch his website, www.illuminantpartners.com. T, Earl Grey, hot. (laughs) A nice little Star Trek reference there.
3: Dano at large says, block recruits Sawyer.
0: Katie Gallon from the What Katie Said podcast, and you can catch her blog, whatkatiesaid.wordpress.com. Weirdest substitute ever, Scratchy Cave, WTF. Comedy, Flaley Richard. Oddly, insightful Sawyer. Truly flabbergasting storytelling.
3: Wow, Katie's got some great ones. She yeah, always Katie does. Katie
0: always sends in good ones.
3: Weef L says, Lock with Helen.
0: Tom Wilson says, There's no words. Who cares what Kate does now? <laughs> and you can, of course, catch Tommy's blog, simplytelevision.blogspot.com.
3: Bruno Black says, pure epic win.
0: Lost Mythos. That's Axel from the Lost Mythos Theories cast. He says, my three words, Jacob caused crash.
3: Oh, wow. Uh, Ray62 says, Sawyer wears black.
0: <laughs> <laughs> TSH Matt, who is Matt from the Smoke Hatch podcast, and you can catch their blogs, thesmokehatch.blogspot.com. Sawyer's dirty underwear. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Morning Shadow says Unlock, finds, substitute
0: H27790 That's Andrew from Madison Who joined us on the call uh, the other night Says numbers, substitute, candidates Or is an alternate Kate is numberless
3: Seymour5000 <laughs> mm. says Job, rock, numbers
0: tweet Once again in all caps and with run on words But here we have Legendary, epic John Locke is the man.
3: (laughs) Happy being busy mom says, what about Kate?
0: O-U-N-W-C-M. I'm not sure how you say that, but it's name and number. Why no Kate? Where is home?
3: Smokey the Bear Yo says, best Locke episode. Uh, Substitute walkabout.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think with that uh, little greater than sign in there, that's meant to be like substitute. Oh, substitute so better, better than, than walk-about. walkabout.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's clever.
0: Yeah, that is clever. Uh, whimsy and quirk, epic, mind melt, dude.
3: <laughs> Tanner Luke says, only new questions.
0: <laughs> Lost eight fifteen by thirty. Fay, most enlightening episode. Yeah.
3: Fizzlehoff says, weirdest damn funeral and getting pretty ripe.
0: (laughs) Some Lapidus quotes, yeah. Uh, T-N-N-S-B-A-W, my three words, name on cave. And let me please apologize to you. I accidentally unfollowed you or blocked you or something when I meant to uh, message you. And so please uh, follow me back. I didn't mean it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Please forgive me. (laughs) Ms. Wright says, stuck this way.
0: Uh, Sergeant Drano from the Station Seven The Door podcast says, "Lock Smokey numbers."
3: Kay Coher says, "Please kill Randy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Sawyer's Smokey disciple, and yay, Helen's back, and finally Ben,
0: nerdy professor. Uh, Shelby twenty three, best show ever, but really hopeful, confusing, and spectacular.
3: LostFan815K says, Mind-blowing episode.
0: DeathCathalon says, Wall numbers, names.
3: SHWilson24 says, Weirdest Damn Funeral, and Welcome Back, Doubters.
0: <laughs> uh, Samantha739, Officially Mourning Lock.
3: Aww. Yeah. Henry Haney says, Ben's Graveside Confession. Uh,
0: Johnny2432 Holy freaking cave. <laughs> Sawyer isn't afraid. Lapidus is funny. We got answers.
3: Lost Fangirl says, Oh my god.
0: James Leon S. K. says, Where is home?
3: Black X Thorn E, who's uh Erson from Turkey, hello Urson says Lock Flock, O oh Quinn. And oh my god. Or alternatively, oh my god, holy freaking crap. That was awesome. <laughs> All run together.
0: Which is <laughs> Three by three words, so it should count. <laughs> That's great. And, of course, cute poison 10 And this is a good one. Who's conning who? That's a
3: great
0: one. Yeah, maybe Sawyer's actually conning M-I-B.
3: That'd be really cool to
0: find out. Yeah. We got some emails, too. I'll start. Let's see. Kevin, this one is for What Kate Does. Where does that go?
3: Interesting. And Scotty Six, uh, whose podcast is called Top Six and Six, um, says for this episode, Ben just nerdy. Where's Kate's number? And all time classic.
0: Agreed, and we of course also have one from Mr. Bad, who blog you can catch badlosttheories.blogspot.com. That's Bad with two D's. He's
3: so bad. He's got two D's.
0: God. He says, Wow, my three little words for this amazing episode. One of the best ever. Smokey recruits reveals. What a great moment when Smokey coalesces and picks up the machete to confront Richard, who's been bagged. I was floored. I enjoyed it so much, I literally couldn't process what I just saw. I am looking forward to a free moment tonight to rewatch it. I think the episode has some of the best performances and exciting moments on Lost ever.
3: Wow. Yay, everyone liked it as much as we did.
0: Yeah, it's a great episode. And thank you all so much for submitting your three-word comments. You can submit them in any time during the week, you know, if you haven't seen the episode yet uh, by Thursdays, which is usually when we record. You can still send them in like we did for Kevin this week. We'll just read it, the one from last week, and just preface what it's for. So uh, feel free to email the podcast at keys to the loss at gmail.com. Or you can always tweet me, twitter.com slash keys to lost. And Leslie, I forgot to ask, what's your Twitter?
3: Leslie Santi.
0: All right. Well, are you ready to get into breaking down some of these scenes? Let's do it. So clearly three little words in little letters, would simply meaning
1: The whole game
0: breaking down the key scenes. Ah, man, what scene wasn't a key scene?
3: I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
0: I mean, we got some information from the alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. We got Mm -hmm. some information, of course, a ton of information from the island between M.I.B. and Sawyer, M.I.B. and Richard. I mean, there's just so much to go with. Um, Let's see. Again, I almost have to start backwards, you know, or start at the end and work my way backwards. And let's just talk about the, the that sea cave. I mean... There were lots of names up there that were crossed out, and you couldn't see all of them, but Lostpedia now has uh, a section, I think it's called, I can't remember what it's actually called, but if you type cave into the uh, into their search engine at Lostpedia, then it uh, one of the links will come up, and it has screenshots of, of some of the names on the cave and everything, and some of them that nice. we picked up, and I, we don't normally do Easter egg kind of stuff, but uh, number 10 or 40, I couldn't exactly tell which, is either Mattingly or Matt Um Number 238, Jones. Number 285, J-E-N-N, and then we couldn't tell what the rest. Uh, number 90, Troop, and that would be Gary Troop, who I think he was supposed to be the one that was actually sucked into the engine and the pilot. Oh. Uh-huh. But uh, evidently one of the books that he wrote is floating around there on the island somewhere. This one was the most interesting one to me, and that was uh, number 313, Littleton. So there's Claire's number and, and and name.
3: She wasn't crossed out.
0: She was crossed she out. She
3: was crossed
0: out. She was crossed out. Um, 269, Garner. 175, Costa. 272, Orlingo. Let's talk about that, why she was crossed out. Do you think that means it's because she's dead the same way that it might be crossed out Locke? Or do you think it's because she's been c- claimed? Claimed. So she's already part of the Locke thing, so she can't be part of the Jacob thing now?
3: I don't know. You know, um, Jacob was in the four-toed statue for quite some time, so to to for him to have crossed her off the list... I mean, I guess he could have returned to the Ocean Cave at some point. But it seems like we've gotten the impression through you know a lot of our talks and and a lot of other people's talks that he's been there for a while you know and in, and in, in, in trying to secure some kind of protection for himself you know since he's not in the cabin um, and I don't know if you agree with that Matt or not but I wonder if he you know crossed off Claire's name it would have been at some point not recently so I you know and the sickness has to have come I don't know I guess those two timelines could cross he could have made it back to the cave at some point since she's been infected we haven't seen her since you know, for quite quite a while.
0: Right. The last time that we saw Claire, that we know that she was alive. I mean, technically, still Claire alive mm-hmm. was right before Kimi blew up her house at the Dharma barracks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, after that, that and a lot of people are speculating now that perhaps that's when she died. When Kimi blew everything up, and then she became infected at the point of death. Uh, so even when she was back in the house with with Hugo and Sawyer, who brought her there and 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 Locke and and ben that even at that point she was already starting to get infected and it had finally consumed her by the point time that she left aaron behind and and went with christian leaving sawyer and miles and and aaron behind
3: well i guess i would better explain why she just wandered off into the jungle and left aaron you know for someone else to, to deal with and take care of All right uh I guess you know I'm still a little bit unclear on when people get infected, so that's the part where my brain's kind of kind of stopped and like, well, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think back. At Rousseau's Rousseau's crew that was infected. Um, what's the the father the father fa- Alex's real father? What's his name again? Robert. Robert. So, um, was Robert at the point of death when he was infected?
0: Well, that's a good question, and maybe there's more than one way to become infected which is what we've been saying all along, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, seems like the, there must be because there's obviously Montan must have been killed by Smokey and then mm-hmm. Smokey emulated his voice or infected him and had him come back up. I think he probably just became his persona the same way that he's he, like become yeah, his body persona. is down there because the body's still it. there. But in terms of uh, Robert and the rest of the gang, maybe it's some kind of infection that the smoke monster can give you by touching you or scanning you or something that we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. Then you have the case of Said, where we've not seen any evidence of that, and you think other than the point of death, so that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. With Claire, it's a possibility of a point of death. With Christian, it's a possibility of a point of death, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: or not even the point of death, but the fact that he was dead. Yeah. I mean, still there's, got
3: some loose ends There's apparently.
0: still some loose ends there, but uh, for Claire, to me, I think it makes more sense You know, when somebody, and I can't remember who it was that put this theory out there first, but it's, it's shared mm-hmm. by, by a lot of folks, and that is that Claire was actually killed when Kimi blew up the house. Uh, you know. She
3: was inside the house.
0: So, well, I don't think she was inside the house. I think she was still in the back, the where Sawyer found her, but just the impact of the explosion and everything actually mm-hmm. killed her at that point. So, who knows? Uh, But there's other things about the wall. Of course, the the key losties that we see on there is uh, Locke being number four, who MIB crosses off. Uh, Reyes, number eight, that's Hugo. Ford is, of course, 15, that's Sawyer. Girard is 16, that's Said. Now, if Saeed has been infected, I guess he still hasn't been totally infected. And that's why Locke didn't go or why MIB didn't go ahead and cross off his name as well.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, we have to ask ourselves who's been crossing people off the list. If this is Jacob's list of people, I have a, my, my, my suspicion was that when he crossed Locke off the list that, um, you know, that he had taken over Jacob's job of crossing people off the list since Jacob wasn't there anymore and, and my thought was it that Jacob had crossed all the other people off
2: the oh, list okay. um, right.
3: but if MIB has been crossing people off the list well that makes it that makes a difference you know
2: Right.
3: Um, I don't think that if he's if, if MIB is associated with infecting people he's not going to infect them and then well maybe he would infect them and then cross them off the list maybe he's just trying to derail Jacob's plan to the point that he's you know seeing what his plan is and directly going in and marking things off
0: right. <laughs> all right. I don't know yeah. Uh then we also have of course 23 which is Shepherd. And then the interesting one which is Quan 42. No mention of Sun or Jen, but just Quan. Mm-hmm. And there's been talk back and forth about, well, which one is it? Or maybe there's talk that well, what if it's both of them? Yeah. You know, which is a possibility too of their love becoming one. Here's why I maybe think Maybe
3: they're Adam and Eve. <laughs> well,
0: maybe maybe they are, who knows Let's uh, not start that again <laughs> but, uh, uh, Because, you know, the bones of Quan may lie deep in cave I don't know <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, nonetheless, uh, there, that's an interesting issue But because of Sun's obvious tie back to the real world with Jion. Do you think uh-huh. that the two of them could leave their daughter behind and just maintain the island?
3: Gosh, I'd, that would be a pretty harsh line of... I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would Although think she didn't seem not. to have any trouble just leaving her behind. No, she really didn't.
3: <laughs> You're right. We haven't heard any mention of I miss my daughter or anything.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, what about uh, uh, Austin's name not being on there? No, no sign of Kate anywhere.
3: No sign of Kate.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting as well. And man, there's just so much other stuff. But first, let's get. Let let me put it back to you. And what what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts here on some?
3: Well, I I have to say, um, the the scene that sticks out to me the most that I that I was the most intrigued by. um, And and again, so much happened. But the one that I just remember so well is when you know Locke goes running after the boy. And Sawyer's standing there, and Richard just, like, comes, you know, barreling out of the jungle, and he's like, you know, he's like, come on, let's go, you know, and he looks all, like, I mean, he's, he's, he looks scared, he looks, um, hurried, he's, he's completely, you know, um, gosh, just running right on the edge of what he's capable of dealing with, it seems like, um, I mean, just as, just, just, uh, as far as the, the acting one, I thought was really awesome, but, um, I love the way he's like, you know, he, he comes out, gives Sawyer some information, and then, at the at the even the, the 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 slight sound of of Locke coming back, he's just gone. He just runs back into the jungle and leaves Sawyer there. Yeah. You know, this was great. Um, this was great on so many levels because I mean I, I think you're right that Richard's been being de- demystified for for a little while now, but. Um, Richard is such an interesting character, and we're still finding out, like, you know, seeing the way that he reacts to this is is giving us information about him that we haven't had before. And I think that's neat.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, he's he's looking much more mortal now. He's, you know, when John cuts him down from the from where he's been bagged, <laughs> as somebody put it, um, you know, he looks he looks like he's about to cry. He looks so upset, you mm-hmm. know. and um and and seeing that was just, very cool. And again, that's the, that's not giving us too many answers, but man, I just love the interaction between Richard and Sawyer, and that that short moment where they talked. I thought it was so cool. No. No. um, uh, yeah. And the boy, who's the boy? I mean, that's 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 a that's a big part of this episode, I think. In talking about key scenes, you know, there's a lot of talk. Um, people are wondering, you know, if it's Jacob, and some people think it's Jacob, and um, I'm not convinced that it's Jacob, but I I, you know. I don't know. I, I know that you have some good theories about that, too, Matt.
1: Maybe you should. Well, and
0: I, I'm not alone in those, but, you know, it, it, the possibility that it might be Aaron in some way uh, mm-hmm. has come up. Um, when Donald and Heath and I talked about it in the initial reaction, we all kind of kind of went with the whole Jacob thing. But mm-hmm. we're not sure that that really makes sense either. Why would Jacob need to appear as a boy when he was able to communicate through Hugo with the Losties? Mm. You know, unless this is the way that he communicates to MIB exclusively. Although we did see Sawyer uh, see him.
3: And Richard did not see.
0: Him. And Richard did not see. Him. And then we have the fact that Sawyer also was the one who, with Kate, could see the black horse before. Right. Um, in what Kate did. But I'm not sure that it, it's something to look into that much yet. I. Another possibility that uh, we'll see in an email uh, that came into us is that uh, perhaps the boy is a third player in the game who's simply the one that's dictating the rules. Um, that the boy is a representation of the character of the island itself, which makes everything you know the rules. and, yeah. and the, the game by, and, and created the game by which Jacob and MIB have been playing for a while. But we'll have to see. Well, we'll talk about that more in the in the answers. Um, uh, questions, questions and answers, and answers six, yeah, six. Yeah. 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 But definitely is a key scene. And, and for me, one of the key things about that scene, too, was MIB's reaction. Don't tell me what I can't do. That's kind of a Locke thing. <sighs> that's you, totally a lock. Is that from, from memories, his memories of Locke, and so that's the reaction that because he's now definitely we found out that he's definitely tied to the to the persona of Locke now from now on. We found that out from Ilana. Mm-hmm. But do you think that he's maybe just regurgitating the Locke personality back through himself?
3: Well, I think he's he's clearly he's clearly subject to it. Right. You know, at the very minimum. We know he's subject to the characteristics of Locke by the mm-hmm. way that he says that. Um now, I, I guess there's another way you could look at it, too. It could be perhaps there there is some other connection between Locke and MIB that we've not really been made aware of yet. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe there are some similarities in them, period. You know, um, I'm not sure, though. I, I, th- I think, though, it's more likely that he's just subject to John Locke's characteristics as he's taking over his body.
0: Yeah. Another possibility that came to my mind is, you know, we've kind of seen this bleed through of deja vu happening to our losties in the alt timeline. What if this is the first bleed through back from the alternate timeline back to the island? And because Locke is not no longer alive, it's just manifesting itself through uh, what is left of Locke, and that is what MIB is now.
3: Well, that's I, I, that's an interesting theory too. I like that.
0: Yeah. So we don't we don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. or, or could it, but. And then another thought came to me, is like, what lies in the shadow of the statue? He who will save us all. And the possibility that the fact that MIB has decided to use Locke as his vehicle might end up beating him because of the way that Locke was kind of weak or whatever, that (sighs) Locke's own weaknesses... Possibly, or what end up defeating MIB in the end.
3: Oh, my God. I love that theory. I've not well, heard that. I've not well, even thought of anything like
0: that. There's been a couple of people, I think, that are thinking that, too, but I can't remember who. Uh, but I I know that I brought it up before I'd heard it from anybody else on, on nice. our initial reaction.
3: Oh, my so. goodness. Yeah, because we really want Locke to be the savior here. We really want him to yeah. be able to. Yeah,
0: and he was lying in the shadow of the statue, and, and maybe that is the one who will save them all in that way, in the fact that just that. MIB has become that personality, that that own personality oh, defeats him.
2: I love that. I
0: love that. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, kind of a Lord of the Rings kind of twist in a way.
3: That would be awesome.
0: Like Gollum dancing at the edge of the cliff because he's got the ring, and then he falls off because he's dancing.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know?
0: uh, so we'll see what happens uh, with all of that. What else do we have for key scenes here? I, I want to just talk about the alt timeline for just a minute. And there were some just you know these are fanboy shout outs basically you know the stuff with hugo and the stuff with rose but you do continually notice these differences and and one difference that's big in play here is the fact that evidently daddy didn't push lock out a window in this case right you know? but he's
3: still handicapped
0: uh but john is still handicapped so there's some other means of, of that has caused his paralysis he also ...didn't go on the walkabout, which is the same as the, as the uh, regular timeline. Mm-hmm. Although they bounced back and forth about that quite a bit, I guess, to make us just have a little mystery within the show itself... ...until it finally got revealed. Uh, some other differences... Uh, this, this one is one that I just love because a couple of podcasters on Twitter were, were calling this out... ...that it was a lost continuity error. That if Locke couldn't get his uh, wheelchair thing down to get to Hugo's... ...because you know, of Hugo's vehicle... There's no way Hugo could have gotten in and out of that car. (laughs) So here's what I say to people that are, are, I don't think any of us are actually making a big deal out of this, but Mm. to people that that want to call continuity error, just remember, Hugo's told us many times, he's spry. He probably just climbed over to the passenger side and got out the other door.
3: Yeah, we don't know how close the car on the other side was.
0: Well, they, they, were, they were pretty close. It would have been hard for him to get in and out. Well, we the don't board. know
3: how long that car was there.
0: So, I'm just saying, he just hopped over the passenger side and opened up the other door and got out.
3: I can go with that.
0: Yeah, because he's spry. He's spry. He's spry. Dude. Uh, the, a couple other things that I noticed different about the timeline is, why is Rose working in L.A.? Her and Bernard were obviously living in upstate New York in the previous timeline. Oh. Because... Uh, when they first met He was pushing her car Out of the snow He yeah. proposed to her In Niagara Falls You know uh, Now maybe that was Just a trip But uh, Obviously They've, they've been they're, they're no longer Living in upstate New York
3: mm-hmm.
0: So that's kind of strange
3: well, That's a good point I hadn't really thought About that
0: Oh and one other thing That we Talked about Les uh, At least It came up to me And that is That the Hatch alarm Uh, that goes off whenever the timer's counting down close to needing for the button to be pushed, uh, was the same as Locke's alarm alarm clock when he was waking up to go teach for the first time.
3: I did not notice that. I think that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: awesome. That's really all I have except for, of course, the appearance of Ben, which uh, we'll talk about in the theories and answers section. Mm -hmm. Anything else for key scenes? No. And there's just so much.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are lots of little things I'm thinking of, but I think they're all question and answer kind of kind of topics. So let's go on.
0: All right. Well, here's the Giacchino Moment. This week, it covers the X Timeline Lock theme, uh, now heard in two episodes, Substitute in LAX, and how we can tie it to the Nemesis theme as well. The Giacchino Moment.
1: They didn't lose your father, they just lost his body. Either way, your story beats the hell out of mine. All that was in my suitcase was a bunch of knives. Thanks. Some kind of salesman? Yeah, something like that nice talking to you. Uh, Hope you find that coffin. Hope you find your knives. Thanks. Mind if I ask what happened to you? I'm sorry. I'm only asking because I'm a spinal surgeon. I I didn't mean to... Oh No, don't worry about it. Uh, uh, Surgery isn't going to do anything to help me. My condition is irreversible. Nothing's irreversible. so just uh, give me a call. It's on the house. Well, thanks. Jack Shepard. I'm John, John Locke. It's nice to meet you, John. Nice to meet you, too.
0: Thanks. And that theme that we just let in with, was, of course, a theme that we now can definitely associate with John Locke. That scene was, of course, from L.A. space X, and that was where Jack and John were introducing themselves to each other, basically, and Jack offering John a free consult for his spinal surgery. That melody, I was originally going to associate with Jack, but I did want to kind of hold out and wait, and see where G. Kino was going to put it again. And, of course, we do hear it quite predominantly in this episode, The Substitute. So the G. Kino moment this week, of course, covers this theme. And I found some other striking resemblances between this theme and something else, and I'll get to that at the end of this segment. But first, I just want to play this melody for you and uh, let you hear what it is. It's, it's, it's one of Gikino's more complex melodies in the fact that it is just based on a four-note motive, but it does encompass eight full measures in order to complete the melody. So let me play it for you on the piano here first. The notes, if you were to play them on the piano, are C, D, D, F, E, F, F, G, D, F, F, G, D, F, F, F. then F, E, E, D, F, E, E, C sharp, F, E, E, G, D, and finally a B which brings us back around to the tonic. Now, as you heard me name those notes off, you may have noticed that there were several times where I was repeating the same note. And this, again, happens kind of in the middle of each measure, in the middle of each four-note group. And that, again, implies a syncopation, which is something that we've seen in some of these timelines and some of these themes, For instance, Sawyer's love theme or the theme for Sawyer's love that I covered in the Sawyer uh, character analysis has a similar kind of syncopation with repeated notes that throw the emphasis off a little bit. And that again says to me that something is not quite right. Something is not quite in place. Nonetheless, it doesn't take any of the beauty of the theme away from itself. Let's listen to it in this scene with Locke and Helen from The Substitute.
1: I'm sick of imagining what my life could be out of this chair, Helen. What it would be like to walk down the aisle with you. Because it's not going to happen. So if you need me to see more doctors, uh, have more consults, if you need me to get out of this chair, I don't blame you. But I don't want you to spend your life waiting for a miracle, Helen, because there is no such...
0: Now, there is another similarity that G. Kino has drawn between this theme and the one that he chose for the nemesis. They both have these kind of syncopated feels, and they're both ascending towards the fifth in one way or another. However, the lock alt timeline theme here is major, and the nemesis theme is minor. I'm going to play for you another thing from The Substitute, and this is where Locke is taking Sawyer down the cliff. And when you hear this theme, you'll hear a distinct similarity in rhythm and the way the notes ascend, even though they're based in two different types of key centers, the nemesis theme being minor, the Locke theme being major, they still kind of act in the same way. So here's that scene
1: there first you are off your damn dive it's no problem i'll go first
0: Finally, as we close out the G. Kino moment, I just wanted to say I'm patting myself on the back a little bit for a couple of musical predictions. I made these predictions in episode 38 of Keys to Lost. There are three musical predictions where I predicted Jacob's theme, Son's, and Jin's theme, and Ben's theme. So far, I'm two out of three. We did hear the Jacob theme more than once this season already. And we have now heard the Sun and Jin theme reintroduced again. I'll play those clips for you as we leave. And that's the G. Kino moment for this week.
1: Kicked him into the fire and he burned away. he carried Richard out into the jungle?
2: His recruiting. Come on, let's get out of here. What makes you think that I'm going with you? Because you want to find Jen. What do you know about my husband? I know that if he's on the island, and he's alive, then he'll be at the temple. Let's get moving. What about John? We need to bury him.
0: And now let's move on to theories and answers. 30, he's
1: got some interesting theories on what we can and can't do here. I want some friggin' answers!
0: Theories and answers. Theories and...
3: Answers!
0: Yay! You've got most of the answers listed here. Why don't we go with that first?
3: Oh, I do. Wow. That's a first, isn't it? Well, <laughs> So, well, we definitely have the answer. Um, as we mentioned, I think already that John's father likely did not push him out the window of his apartment building. If they're talking about inviting him to the wedding, so that's that. That was a that was a pretty big one. Um, and yet, John is still in a wheelchair, which poses another question. Yeah. <laughs> the answers generally do do that in Lost, so it's not so surprising that one answer would lead to another question. There's also, um, we now know that, uh, that MIB cannot uh, change his manifestation anymore, that he is now stuck in the body of John Locke, um, as Alana pointed out. Again, that, that, that in itself raises more questions as well. It makes me kind of wonder if, you know, we've, we've wondered before if, um, and we've talked a lot about, you know, MIB and, and Smokey being able to manifest other people on the island who are dead. Um, and um, now we don't have all of the details about how this works. We only know um, that Alana said he can't change anymore. And we're not quite sure why that is yet. Um, but if, if it's just the case that he's chosen his form and he only gets to choose once what that form is when he changes, um, then he has not been manifesting other people we've been seeing on the island and other people's visions. Um, so that may be an answer um, but it's still kind of vague, I think. What do you think about that, Matt?
0: Yeah, I'm still convinced that he was Yummy, that he was Alex. Uh-huh. That he, you know, I, I I, don't think that that's the case. I think perhaps because after, maybe it has something to do with the fact that Jacob is now dead. Jacob's dead. dead. hmm And, or maybe it has something to do with the fact that he has chosen to manifest one of the candidates. One of the two. Um, ah, But I I couldn't say how they relate to one another or if they relate to another. It's all speculation at this point.
3: Well, because we have seen him be a man at some point. We saw him, you know, the first time we ever got to see him talking to Jacob on the beach, he's in the form of a man. Right. You know, we don't know who that is. We don't know if that's somebody who's been on the island before our time or if, you know, this is really what he looked like before or or what. Right. Because we've always seen Jacob be the same
0: We have always seen Jacob be the same. And, and, And the question is really uh is the form that we saw in the incident is that what his true form you know he mentioned to sawyer that before this he was a man Uh uh-huh. and and uh that you know he just had could feel and and all of this other stuff and we we have to wonder if that was the form that he, he was a man in before Right. You know.
3: And if that's the case, again, here's another question. Um, you know, what series of events caused him to go from being a man to being smoky?
0: Right. Exactly.
3: You know, and we, I don't think we have any information about that yet.
0: We sure don't. <laughs> and we'll, whether we'll get that information or not, I'm just not real sure. I, I think uh, we now know, of course, according to MIB, what a candidate is. And that is someone to replace Jacob. Mm -hmm. Is what he was implying. So that was a question that we'd always asked. Whether that's the truth or not, though, that's yet Mm -hmm. to be seen. Because, uh, again, the source of the information is MIB. And I'm not quite ready to believe everything that he says. You know, I'm just not quite ready to believe that yet. I personally think that we got an answer to the fact that the bomb did not sink the island.
3: Oh, yeah. Explain this to me again.
0: We okay. talked about this. So we talked about this before recording, but the presence of Ben in the alternate timeline tells me that there's not a split of the timeline at 1977 at the point of the bomb. Because if that was the case, then Ben could not possibly be in the alternate timeline. He would have sunk with the island. Mm-hmm. So uh, this tells me and I suspect that probably the island sunk A long time. That What they're trying to show us is this timeline has an existence of no island. It's always been at the bottom of the sea and not had any influence on any of our people at all.
3: But we saw the Dharma houses.
0: We did see the Dharma houses. That's a good point. So that would tend to, to put it between, let's see, Dharma was founded in 1970, according to the orientation film in the swan. Okay. So that places it somewhere between 1970 in 1977 that the island sunk. I'm suspecting that if Ben is in the alternate timeline, that means he never went to the island. So now that narrows it down to between 1970 and 1973 when the island sunk.
3: Okay. So we're getting closer to having a window for when it happened, we're just not still quite sure Sure as to what, yeah. Yeah. Or
0: how. Okay. Okay. Uh, At least if we're going to relate this as some kind of Split of of, mm-hmm. of time, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. We've we, we've definitely seen that. Um, we've definitely seen already that the um, the timeline uh, pre 1977 has been changed. Also, even though the crash. Before, actually, what I'm trying to say is, before the crash, events are changed as well. So we're not only is the alternate timeline—it's not like the alternate timeline was the same all the way up until they took the flight from Australia to LAX. The 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 that the LAX timeline was different before that. Before they took the flight, um, it was a different timeline already. Um, we've seen things that have been different already in the characters' lives that would have predated their flight from Australia to LAX. Right. So that's another thing that we're seeing, and that raises more questions as well.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, do I ever have a straight answer? No.
0: No, we'll never get straight answers.
3: (laughs) That's not why we watch Lost.
0: (laughs) I've been thinking about this since 603, uh, since what Kate does, and it's just we've seen no proof that Smoke can appear as more than one person at one time. Even when he appears to Ben as Alex, mm-hmm. um, Locke is not anywhere around.
2: hmm
0: You know? Um, and then Alex conveniently disappears and then Locke reappears and offers him help. So at that point, we have to be able to say that he is able to assume more than one form. He's not locked tied to Ah, He's not tied to... There we go. Yeah, so it must have something to do with the death of Jacob.
3: You're right. Okay, there's an answer. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) it's not a true explanation, but at least, it's again, it narrows the window of possibilities. But if he's obviously can only appear as one person at one time, as we saw the change with Alex and everything, Mm -hmm. at the same time that Christian is talking... To uh, son and Frank, Locke is on the on Hydra Island mm-hmm. with Ben and Alana and all of them. They haven't come over yet because they follow them over uh, in season five, right? So this tells me that Christian is not smoky mm-hmm. unless we did see that little bit in there when Frank and Son first show up that. It appeared to be Smokey in in the woods there, or or, or even around the the cabin. Uh But, again, we had Smokey out there, kind of looking in the doorway. Uh And we had Christian inside talking to Jen and Frank. So I think this tells me that Christian is actually just claimed. His body has been claimed. He's not a manifestation the same way that Locke is a manifestation. The same way that Alex was a manifestation. Right. Um, he's more like think, a
3: Claire or a Saeed.
0: He's more like a Claire or a Saeed. Yeah. Yeah. Or,
3: it makes yeah. And again, we. I start immediately. I start thinking back to what Christian's motivations would be in taking the actions that he's taken so far. You know what I mean? Thinking about him being claimed. You know when he's taking Jack to water or when he's,
0: you know, well, taking well, Jack
3: to the edge of the cliff, you know?
0: Right, um. exactly. Yeah. And both of those are cases where it ends up causing uh, a, a possible peril for our losties. First, for Jack and falling off the cliff, mm-hmm. eliminating one of the candidates. Mm-hmm. Second, uh, causing a rift between people, between oh, right. who, we wants about that, who, who wants to go to the cave or who wants to go to the... the who wants to stay on the beach. Yeah. Divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know.
3: Okay. Yeah, so Christians... We still have questions about Christian.
0: Yeah. I'm still more convinced, though, yeah. now that he's been claimed.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I think this is a good support for that theory.
0: What, what uh, else? What else do you have here? <laughs>
3: uh, what else do I have here? Well, um, you know, we, 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 we started talking about this a little bit earlier. You know, the... The young boy we see, um, who who appears and is seen by Locke and Sawyer, uh, but not by Jake, uh, but not by Richard. Richard does not see the the kid. Um, you know, he shows up. I thought it was interesting beyond just the questions of who this kid is. I, I think, you know, it's interesting um, that he showed up at the time that he did. Um, he showed up at the time that he did, and and Locke starts chasing him. And immediately Richard comes out of the jungle to talk to Sawyer. You know, and I wonder if there isn't some connection there. Yeah. Um, So that Sawyer could get the the real deal information on, you know, MIB before they went any further. And perhaps the kid is involved in, you know, on some side of some plan to help Sawyer to see what's happening.
0: Yeah. Um, Or to... And at that point it was to distract... MIB from I think he was probably going to kill Richard at that point since Richard had declined him for the second time. What I'm saying is in the first appearance of the boy when uh-huh. he had the blood on him, Oh, that was to keep MIB from killing Richard.
3: Oh, perhaps. Yeah, to distract him long enough to
0: Well, it certainly, you know, because MIB's next line was, you know, I'll be seeing you probably sooner than you think.
3: That's what MIB said to Richard?
0: That's what MIB said to Richard. Oh, I need to but he dis- that. But he dismissed, you know, but he kind of dismissed Richard at that point and moved on.
3: Hey, yeah, maybe that does sound kind of like a statement someone would make that was getting ready to kill somebody and then stopped. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I, you know, my question about, about some of that interaction right there is when he says, you know, okay, Richard, it's time to talk, you know, which right. was, was interesting because... He made it sound like, you know, it's time for you to talk. It's time for you to give me the information. But clearly Richard doesn't have any of the information. So I'm wondering now if I didn't just misread the intonation, the tone of his voice when he said, let's talk. And maybe he meant, I'm going to talk to you. Let's talk.
0: Yeah. Well, I I I think it was just an attempt to recruit Richard to his side. I think Richard was the first potential recruit. Sawyer becomes the second.
3: Mm hmm. You know, well, Alana did say that. Where did yeah. he take Richard? He's recruiting,
0: right? You know. Okay. Uh, so I think that's what the talk was to be about. But once he figured out that one, that Richard didn't know anything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Two, that when the kids showed up, you know, he decided not to kill him. Mm-hmm. You know. Then the next, the next method, the next place to go was to try and find Sawyer.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, too, that after all this planning and all this time, all these loopholes, you know, that he, all this work that MIB's had to do to get to this point in his own game that he's creating here, that, he, you know, if Richard was really a part of, you know, if it was really necessary to kill Richard at that point, just seeing, seeing, seeing the kid show up is the kind of thing that would make MIB feel like, oh, wait a minute it's not just all me just killing jacob didn't do it there are still other forces at play here and maybe i shouldn't push it all the way to the limit having done all this work to set this up already
2: right you know it makes
3: him a little bit he's treading more carefully once he sees that kid so you know that maybe is giving us the impression that You know, even if Jacob's dead, you know, maybe, you know, that there are other forces at play here and it's not just, you know, man versus man on the island, you know, that the island is its own entity. It does have something to say about what's going on.
0: Right. Right. Or some
3: version of that. What else?
0: Well, in terms of this episode, there's just so much. It's just hard to keep track of what I've talked about and what Uh. I want to continue (laughs) to talk about.
3: Well, I have a question. Okay. Um... You know when we see, we go from seeing John Locke in the LAX timeline to with Helen to, um, you know, to the island timeline where we're seeing Smokey moving. Mm-hmm. You know, we're hearing the sound, we're seeing him moving, we're seeing him moving. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going backwards at this point from, isn't it, from where they, from, we're seeing Smokey go up to um, Sawyer's place. Mm-hmm. And then we see him go backwards and be, go back into the jungle and pick up the knife and be Locke. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, why does he go to Sawyer's place and then go back and become Locke and then return to Sawyer's place as Locke to talk to Sawyer? You know what I mean? There's a lot of back and forth there. Like, what what was that about?
0: Well, did we I talk
3: about that already? I can't remember.
0: No, not really. But I think it is just to find Sawyer first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I'm under the impression that as the smoke he can move a lot faster.
3: Right. Clearly, he can move pretty fast.
0: So So he's got
3: Richard tied up.
0: He's got Richard tied up.
3: He goes to see where Sawyer Sawyer
0: is. Because he knows that Sawyer is his next potential recruit.
3: Okay, and then comes back. And then
0: comes back, tries to recruit Richard. Richard declines. Uh, And I think it's his intention at that point to eliminate Richard. But he's stopped by the appearance of the boy.
2: Uh
3: huh.
0: And then from, from there, he just moves on. Now, he can't appear to Sawyer as the pillar of smoke, obviously. Right because, you know, that's right. he's not going to be able to get any recruiting done that way. So he... Uh, yeah, it's
3: just, it's interesting that... Because, I mean, he could have just gone ahead with Richard and then, you know, after what happened, happened with Richard. He, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess if he's going to, if he does recruit Richard, for example, you know, he's got to sound like he knows what he's talking about. He can't say, okay, let's go look for Sawyer. He's got to know where Sawyer is. Maybe that's part of, you know, just being that kind of leader or whatever he wants to... Sure yeah, no, I don't know. I think it's on. just the
0: fact that he needs as many of the recruits as possible mm-hmm. that he can have. Um, and, and, uh, and if they're not a recruit, then they're the enemy. And so he needs to eliminate them as they go along. Yeah.
3: Can we talk for a second, too, about the clothing that the boy is wearing? Sure. He looks like an uber-other, doesn't he?
0: He looks like an other. Yeah, like I, an I'm other. not even calling him Uber others anymore. They're, all, They're others. all just others.
3: He looks like he looks like some of the others we've seen traipsing through the jungle.
0: Yeah, in fact, my first thought when uh, when I first watched the when it, the first time I saw him, I thought because I was sitting back from the TV a little bit, I was like, "Is that Zach? <laughs> you know, is that Zach from Zach and Emma of the of the of the group?" But uh-huh. uh, uh, it obviously wasn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kid was a pretty good actor too. I, I like that look of disgust on his face after MIB was in there going, "Don't tell me what I can't do." He just kind of shook his head and walked away. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. I like yeah. that too. I really, I'm, I'm just, you know, we can, we can think. Well, maybe it's Jacob. I don't really think so. I don't think we need Jacob to be reborn because he can talk through Hugo mm-hmm. to the people that he really needs to talk to. Mm-hmm. The possibility of it being Aaron comes to mind, with the blonde hair and, yeah. and such. Uh, but the age doesn't quite match up. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, like I said, we'll have an email, which we'll review in a little bit, where there's a possibility that it's one of a, a third deity-like entity, which is actually the island itself. And we'll talk about that in the feedback section.
3: Very cool.
0: Anything else? <laughs>
3: Anything
0: besides all that? No. Yeah, (laughs) I mean it's just so much. I know. Yes, there's 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 a there's a ton of stuff, but uh, let's uh, focusing back on on the illness itself. Just from last week, we did put out a poll for people to Mm -hmm. uh, uh, vote on what they thought the source of the claiming is. So let's get into our forecast feedback and our extended forecast for the next seven. Why is that? We are expecting some answers. No big problems at least, but watch out tomorrow night. Forecast feedback. And the question that I asked uh, the community, the internet community, and on the podcast is what caused Saeed to be claimed? When did it happen? We got some responses on Twitter from S.H. Wilson24 and so87. Ray62, Cute Poison 10, and Sunlock. We want to thank them for their tweets. Uh, these are their answers in no particular order, though it doesn't really matter since we haven't really gotten an answer to it yet. Uh, one person said, When did Claire get claimed? Which I hope we addressed uh, in this, what I think anyway. I'm not sure that people agree with me, but uh, I think Claire got claimed when she died, which was actually when Kimi attacked the barracks in season four. Um, another person says, at the point of death, and I did vote on this on the blog. Okay, thank you. Shortly after death, is another response, I don't think live bodies can be claimed. Christian was dead. Claire died in an explosion. Oh, there's another one that agrees with me. Saeed drowned. Interesting. Okay. So it was the fact that Saeed drowned in the pool. That
3: they drowned him then?
0: They said he was dead. Jack tried to revive him. He didn't come back.
3: Jack didn't continue to revive him, though, because Kate said, stop. It was like the Charlie scene all over again, except he didn't go through
0: with it. It's true. That's true. But nonetheless, you have to think that he was dead. And that's why they're all amazed that he comes back to life, including sure. the others. Sure. Um, I think Saeed gets claimed when he got shot in 1977. In Lord of the Rings, Frodo is stabbed by a Nazgul, or Ringwraiths. For Frodo... A part of the blade, what broke in his arm, it almost killed him. Could be one of the ring rates. Perhaps the bullet is still in Saeed. Well, that's kind of an interesting thought. Comparing that bullet to uh, uh, the sword of one of the Nazgul. I'm not sure that I go with that. But that's pretty interesting. Uh, another person says I vote for the muddied spring that causes the infection. Okay. Uh, And on our poll, uh, the results were 51% voted after death, 33% voted the spring, and uh, the rest say it's something else. I didn't give any kind of specifics. I just said put something else in that. So the rest of the percentages would say...
3: Which one do you think it
0: is? 12%. I think it's the point of death or death after death myself. What do you think it is?
3: I think it's the point of or just after death as well. I don't think it's the spring. But I, I but I totally understand why people think it is, and yeah. and it could easily be that.
0: I originally thought it was a spring until we found out that, you know, for 20 minutes in an episode until we found out that Claire was also infected. And then yeah started. Yeah. Then I was like, what the heck is it? And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of come to me now that it's probably something to do with death, especially with Christian.
3: Well, we do notice... Um do- Dogen, Dogen, is that his name?
0: Dogen, yeah. Dogen.
3: Um, you know, that he, he one of the question he has translated to ask is how long, how long was he... That's true. Uh, what does he ask? How long was he like this? Or how long, how long did it take you to get him here? Or something like yeah,
0: that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um,
3: so, I mean, that, that would kind of point to it being um, a near death.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: You know, not quite dead, but you know, kind of lingering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good 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 call. And maybe the fact you know, maybe the spring would have eliminated the possibility for him, you know, could have killed him and brought him back, okay. But because the spring was muddied for whatever reason it didn't do what it was supposed to. We saw it didn't it didn't cure Dogen's hand really. Right. Um, and so maybe it wasn't the spring that actually healed Saeed's wound even at all. It was just the, the claiming.
3: And we still have the question of why the spring was muddied. Clearly it's not always muddied and they all seem very surprised by the fact that it was.
0: Yeah. And, uh, that may again point to something about Jacob's death, but there's no specifics yet. That's for sure.
3: Yeah. It definitely has a red kind of overtone, like the color of blood a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Anything else for this section? I'm
3: sure there is, oh, but let's go ahead yeah, and keep we're, going.
0: <laughs> we're, there's, we know there's lots more to talk about, but man, we are just so talked out. So uh, <laughs> feel free, though, to submit any thoughts to us that, of stuff that we missed for this week. KeysToLoss at gmail.com, or you can call 314-754-9662 and let us know what you're thinking about this episode. Let's move on to feedback that we did get. I'm forgetting my back on that whole beach issue.
1: You should think it was a stupid idea.
0: Well, what does that say about you agreeing? With me? Let's figure
1: out something better before we get there.
0: Well, I'm open to suggestions. Feedback. We had a record number of emails and comments and everything this week. Yeah, this episode really brought out the the, the comments and everything. So we apologize if we didn't get your emails in. Um, We were decided now that we're really only going to take one email from per person, first of all. Second of all, if a bunch of emails are going to be about the same subject, then we're just going to pull one of those emails and talk about it. I guess that's basically the rules that we're going to try and follow. We also try to look for e- emails that, that bring up points that nobody else is bringing up, just so that you know it's something that's interesting to the rest of the community, because you can bet if a bunch of people are emailing us about the same thing here, other people are emailing other podcasts about the same thing. And so uh, for that reason, we don't want to bore our listeners by hearing the same viewpoints over and over, because... There's like three billion podcasts to listen to out there. And having said that, let's uh, get to first of all a tweet, and this is from EC Junior eighty five. Flock was always told to bring everyone back because Flock can't leave unless the candidates go too. It's not about who's going to be the next Jacob. It's about leaving.
3: Oh wow. I love that. That's an I like that thought a
0: lot. That's, that's an interesting way of looking at this whole thing. So, um, again...
3: Oh, fake Locke. Okay, yeah. sorry. I'm thinking yeah. maybe it's the followers of Locke.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, basically what he's saying is that MIB actually needs all of the candidates to leave in order to be able to leave. Whereas Richard's saying that he's going to kill all of them. But yet, mm. he pretty much saved Sawyer when Sawyer was falling off that ladder.
3: Yeah, he did. He did. I think we were supposed to notice that.
0: Yeah. Well, on the other hand, was it, it might be rigged a ladder and so yeah. that, you know. And, and change his
3: mind at the last minute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or, or rigged a ladder so that he could save Sawyer because he predicted that Sawyer wouldn't go first. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. All those possibilities exist. Yeah.
0: yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got a blog comment from Lottery Ticket 2 that asks the question, any chance you have any compilation of your G Kino moments available? And thanks for the podcast. Uh, yes, actually, um, there are two compilations available. I released them when I was on my trip to Hawaii and when Leslie was going to be out of town somewhere, too. Um, they are episode episodes 17 and 17.5. And I have put together a new compilation of the ones that we did uh, during our character studies. We'll release it at some point when Lost goes on hiatus or, you know, some point where I can use a double episode week so that I can beat Jed and Kara and have (laughs) more episodes than Losties with Jed and Kara.
3: You should have a new section. It should be called the G-Spot.
0: The (laughs) G-Spot. Oh, my... Oh, uh, this is a clean rated podcast. We'll see if <laughs> Sorry. that gets edited in or Sorry, or that's, it,
3: in, in the doc it was, it, was, it was notated G moments that just brought it to mind. I
0: <laughs> yeah, I just did that as an abbreviation, so I...
2: <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you want to have a G moment, I'm sure the podcasting <laughs> community would, would love to hear that.
3: Love to hear all about it.
0: Okay. Uh, Oh. Shall we keep going? Yeah, let's keep going.
3: (laughs) Our next email is from Todd, and uh, the subject is constants. He writes, to keep bearing on his own timeline, Desmond needed a constant. Is it possible that the island needs a constant to view its entire timeline chronologically? That's a good question. Could Richard Alpert be Jacob's constant, or possibly the man in black? Are any of the three a constant for the island? Maybe this explains the theory that Jacob and the man in black might be in a time loop, just like the compass. Only this time loop is thousands of years long. A repeating time loop would explain Jacob and the man in black can both predict future events. So I'm starting to think there's a third unknown player in this game. What do you think about that now?
0: Yeah, well, we're wondering if, uh, this boy is perhaps a third unknown player, mm-hmm. you know? Could be. Uh, is it possible the constant needs, or the island needs a constant to review its entire timeline chronologically? Uh, maybe. Uh, the way that we've seen this whole show put together as a mosaic may be a, a key to, but, i don't know at this point does it really matter you know, we or is it just up to the writers to show us the end game and and to resolve our characters and mm-hmm. and put in this last piece of what the the flash sideways means yeah and then just leave it at that who knows uh, i i do i do know this as one of my hobbies in the hiatus i've been putting things <laughs> in chronological order all the time you know so that i could watch it from beginning to end basically You know, taking pieces from different episodes in in the order that I think that they happen. Now with the flash sideways, that has become impossible.
3: (laughs) Oh, that stopped.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because otherwise there's two thousand. You know, there's there's two versions of two thousand. Maybe you could lay them on top
3: of each other and play them at the same time, the way they do Wizard (laughs) of Oz and the (laughs) Pink Floyd record, and see what happens. I was gonna say I don't think the island needs a constant. I think to to view the view the timeline chronologically, you just need Matt Murdock. <laughs> then you can view the the uh, the timeline yeah, chronologically.
0: Yeah, well, there's there's not gonna be any more production of the chronology from Matt Murdock, so no worries there. <laughs> uh, nothing to mess with the island. Uh, let's see, Kevin in Maine says, "I have let my mind wander to the far fetched extreme. What if it may be?" is able to duplicate, infiltrate, infiltrate, claim, and eventually possess bodies in this timeline by bringing them from his timeline, the one he wants to go home to. He infuses a growing sense of alternative. Maybe if everyone becomes like this on the island, game over, MIB wins. Mm. So He's thinking that his home is actually the alternate timeline, I guess. Uh That's pretty interesting, Kevin. Uh, I don't know that I buy into it, but I don't see any reason not to believe it at this point myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything just seems so possible with the way that they keep throwing questions on top of answers. And Mm -hmm. I I think that is the point is to kind of muddy it all up so that at the end, uh, it's all about how you interpret it.
3: And again, I think we're all moving towards that question of, you know, what is the end, end game and how do you win? I think that's what we're all kind of reaching out into the dark, trying to figure out, you know, and that's yeah. what these these statements are all about. Most of the things we're talking about right now are, yeah. you know, surrounding that that question. That seems to be a big...
0: And to me, the end game seems to be the safety of the island. In one timeline, we have an island that didn't wasn't safe and sank. Mm-hmm. In the other timeline, we have uh, Jacob trying to... Um, Find a new protector for the island. Ah, yeah. As MIB put it, mm-hmm. in the same respect we have uh, the other player, MIB, who says it's just an island and it doesn't need protecting. And mm-hmm. uh, and I just want to go home. Who does MIB sound like right Desmond. there? He sounds like Jack.
3: Oh, like Jack.
2: That's with true Jack too.
0: Conversation with Locke uh, mm-hmm. out in front of the orchid. Uh-huh. Where Jack said, "I, it, it's an island. It doesn't need protecting. You know, yeah. we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the helicopter. Right, right." And John's saying, "You should stay, and we're not staying. You know, uh-huh. uh, yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like a mirror image of that conversation between right. uh, Locke and, and Jack to me. Interesting.
3: Very interesting. Well, let's go on. We also have an email from Lazy Man nine four eight four. Thanks for writing in again." Um, his subject, uh, the subject of his email is the rules. He says, in light of this most recent episode, I think it's possible to give a theory on what the rules are and what the conversation on the beach was actually about. The rule is most likely that one candidate can't kill another. Hmm. The conversation on the beach could have easily been about the successor of the island. And as we saw on that wall, there were many. The numbers next to each of the names could be the probability of their chances of being the successor. The fact that the Losties are relatively no- low numbers, 4, 8, etc., gives support to the theory that Jacob really was traveling through time. Now, something on a completely different note. How are they supposed to get out of that hole? After Sawyer broke that ladder, unless there's a secondary exit, they're pretty much stuck there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point, Lazy uh, I just want to note, though, that there are some of the people that were on the plane and, and who we have characters, even one that we have gotten to know, that had a higher number, and that was Claire. We saw Littleton crossed out with the 313 beside her, no, beside her name. Uh-huh. So that doesn't really support so much about the, the whole thing about the losses being a low number and it proving that, that Jacob was supporting through time. I don't know if it's some kind of ranking system. Mm-hmm. Or are what the numbers truly are pertained, in, except for the fact that maybe they're a direct correlation to each character.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, um, Alexis and I, in talking about it the other night, he had pointed out that Hugo's number was this was the eight, the infinity symbol, and that might be significant
2: or something. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there there may it may just be the the particular number's significance. Um, Man Mana Black did point out that Jacob um, was a believer in numbers.
0: Yeah, I had a thing for numbers. Had a
3: thing for numbers. Yeah. Um, oh, and he finishes the email with, This thought came to me after replaying the scene with Dogan and Jack. Dogan said the reason why he has a translator is to distance himself from his people, so it'll be easier to make the hard decisions. Perhaps this is why Jacob has Richard tell them what he wants instead of speaking to them directly.
0: Yeah, if he even tells them what he wants, seems like Jacob's been holding the cards pretty close. Doesn't even seem to have told Richard very much.
3: I know, I really hope there's a good reason for that.
0: Yeah. Because mm-hmm. right
3: now, I mean, it's clearly the weakness in, in that side of the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Unless Jacob dying is part of the plan, like I mentioned last week. Maybe he just wants to leave the island, too, and his way was death. <laughs> or is it might be, he just wants to, you know. <laughs> who knows? All right. Uh, as you can tell, folks, I'm I'm a little under the weather, and I've, I'm probably not putting my full thought into this, so I apologize. Um, this next email is from Eddie in Australia. Uh, subject is first email. Hi, Matt and Leslie. This is Eddie from Australia. I've been a long-time listener to the podcast, especially The Black Rock, but have never had much of an Internet presence. Now that's changed somewhat, and I'm making up for lost time, or middle <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm normally found on The Black Rock pay- Facebook page, I don't know when I first listened to your show But I really love it Your show is great And you and Leslie have an awesome take on Lost Super enjoy the G Kino moment And I find it great how you and Leslie Call each other by your full names (laughs) I also love your work with Donald Although I haven't caught his show too much And Lost Mythos Great Those are all great podcasts Uh, Anyways I just got done With your rocking Lost moments I know it's a bit late Uh, But on a recent email to Kurt Yanko I was mentioning that a song came into my head When I was thinking of Man in Black It would be Queen's I've Got to Break Free Okay Although all the lyrics don't apply I thought it's still a funny connect A campy version of the opening scene Of the incident (laughs) Cool, nice Um, Here's a couple thoughts Claire, did she set those traps? So now the others don't clear their footprints with a brush anymore? That's another thought, yeah. Uh, and these two guys, Aldo and Justin, look just a little bit bumbling to me. Comic relief only? They were perfect characters for exposition. That's true. But, again, you know, that's what always happens. Uh, Justin was even on the point of spilling some beans when Aldo, sh- Aldo shut him up. So those traps are lying around. So the others don't do perimeter sweeps... And knowing Claire is infected, possibly an agent of MIB, they don't do their darndest to capture her. And really, can't wait to get more Claire on the island, which may pave the way for more answers. All right. Uh, Thanks, Eddie. Um, I think probably why they don't... If Claire is infected and they know it, they probably don't want her in there because the infection will spread.
3: Yeah, they've mentioned that.
0: Um, And I think that's why they, they all said that that's why they're in trouble if Saeed dies, um, because if the infection spreads uh, now on the inside, um, that uh, they could all become infected too. Uh, as far as any other points, well, although and Justin, I think the only thing Justin was actually going to tell Jen was where the plane was. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's not something that we don't already know. Uh, we know that the plane has landed over on Hydra Island. But it does keep him from telling Jen, which could help accelerate the story. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Uh, Any other thoughts about that email?
3: No, let's keep going. Thanks for listening
0: to our podcast, though. We really appreciate that. And uh, thanks for the comments about the G-Kino moment. And uh, yes, me and Leslie Sanazaro-Santi do often call each other by our full names.
3: (laughs) We do, Matt Murdock. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? Okay, we have uh, another email from Rick in Norman. Uh, the subject is complementary themes. He says, Hello! First of all, love your podcast. The analysis and theories are always interesting, but I especially love the Giacchino moment segment. I'm a hardcore soundtrack buff and have learned a lot from your analysis of the different motifs and themes. When I watched LAX, I heard something that I had not heard you mention. The scene where Oceanic 815 lands at LAX and the passengers are leaving the plane is an almost mirror image of the scene in the Season 1 finale when the passengers are, passengers are seen boarding the plane before it takes off. For the Season 1 scene, Giacchino uses the life and death theme with slow motion video focusing on each of the Losties boarding the plane. At the end of, of Part 1 of LAX, we see the same slow motion technique used in highlighting the losties as they prepare to leave the plane, but the music is not the same. But from the first time I saw the scene it was apparent that the theme was directly related to the familiar life-and-death theme. I don't know the musical term for it but the themes are complementary. The melodies are different but if you play the life-and-death theme together with the theme used in LAX, they blend together perfectly. You can sense that the melody is familiar but that something is just not quite right. As you mentioned in last week's podcast, I believe this theme will be an important one through the season. However, I expect that we will hear this indicate that these two worlds are tied together and complement each other. I'd be interested to hear your comments on this. Thanks and keep up the good work, Rick and Norman.
0: All right. Uh, thanks, Rick and Norman. I think the, the the way that you're hearing that they they complement each other and everything is a direct relation to the fact that the chord progressions are almost exactly the same like you said the melodies are different and I don't know if that's meant to tell us or something or not but the chord progressions to the the life and death theme in this LAX uh, landing theme are almost identical uh, plus the orchestration techniques that are used which means that it starts with the piano and then builds up with the with the strings um, you know, what instruments that are played and what parts that they play are very very similar. There's another connection that I think you might want to check out, and that is something that was brought up by uh, Scotty Six, who has the Top 6 and 6 podcast. He had sent me an email connecting the uh, LAX theme to the Oceanic Six theme in the way that uh, the first part of the LAX theme kind of has a static, just regular melody line and then a very fast-moving line that goes along, which points towards the uh, contrapuntal nature of the Oceanic Six theme that we heard in Season 4, which is true. Um, Again, there is a similar orchestration as well of those two themes, as the LAX theme and the Oceanic 6 theme. So I think one thing that you might find as a connection to all of them is about the travel of our losties to get home safely. safely. I mean, all of in the um, Exodus uh, episode... Where we see all of our losties getting on 815 It's so that they can go home In the LAX theme It's them all getting off the plane So that they can go home And in the Oceanic 6 theme It's so that those that didn't go away With the island Can go home To me the the common tie of this progression And this orchestration Is about getting home Nice So, And Leslie any thoughts about it?
3: No I think you've got it all right there
0: This next email is from Marcia. Uh, Speculations and theories after viewing Lost 604. Hi, I've only been watching Lost since Season 3, but have listened extensively to the podcast. Love the podcast. Here are some of my theories that I have not heard mentioned before. 1. The island is a prison, and Jacob is the warden. Wardens are not all good, and prisoners are not all bad. As a warden, Jacob has a boss, perhaps one of the ancient gods. If the island is a prison and MIB leaves, the island no longer is needed and is therefore sunken. Okay. Um, two, Jacob took the form of Christian Shepherd and Claire Littleton, at least since MIB admittedly can't leave the island while we know Jacob can. I'm assuming to the fact that when Jacob uh, or when uh, Christian showed up to Jack in the hospital That one time mm-hmm. And when Claire shows up to Kate In the dream Maybe mm-hmm. I guess Or at the at the house That's a possibility um, I suppose On the other hand I don't know how you could say That he was both of them On the island at the cabin But maybe I mean I don't know You know at this point anyway But Uh, The one thing, I guess it depends on whether you believe Darlton or not, Marcia, but in terms of that thing um, they told the Comic Con panel, a question was asked if Jacob had appeared to any of our losties as anyone other than himself. And their answer was definitively no. And remember, that would mean our losties lock at the cabin. And that would mean our losties, Jack, when Christian appears at the hospital. And that would mean our uh, losty Kate, when Claire appears and says, You can never bring him back. Don't ever bring him back to the island. So that one's I'm not really buying it at all, uh, personally. But that's just me. Um, next thing. At first I thought the parallel timeline indicated what happened had the nuke gone off. But now, I think it's what people's destinies are had Jacob not interfered. That is why Kate is a criminal of sorts. Locke appears to have not been thrown out the window by his dad. In fact, several of the characters might not have their daddy issues anymore. That's kind of an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, In terms of, of what about Kate, I think the difference between those two is that maybe in the alternate timeline, Kate really is innocent and in the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the timeline that we know that uh, obviously is not innocent. She did kill her
3: father. Right.
0: Since I believe a higher power built the island and put both Jacob and MIB on it, that is the genesis of the rules and why Jacob and MIB have limited power. Jacob keeps manipulating people and events to bring candidates to the island. This manipulation is the cruel part of Jacob. Jacob. We will see how well many of our losties would have done in their lives had Jacob not interfered okay um, the only reason Locke's body was aboard flight 316 was because Eloise Hawking instructed Jack to do so. Locke's body was the ultimate prize for MIB. does this mean that Eloise is in league with MIB or Eloise and Widmore? In league with MIB
3: That's a good question
0: That's a good question um, could, I don't know what the answer to that is yet uh, I don't know if we'll even get that answer But that's a good question to be asking Here's the big question If this is an ongoing game Between MIB and Jacob Let's assume it has gone on for centuries By like quoting the statue With some Egyptology um, The use of Latin For instance So how would Widmore know that at this time period, or his lifetime, a war would ensue?
2: Hmm. That's
0: another good question, I suppose. Thank you, Marcia, for those thoughts. Um, I don't really know that I have a whole lot of answers to your questions or or to your thoughts, but... Mm-hmm. I certainly appreciate you putting them out there and um, submitting them to our podcast. Thank you very much.
3: Yeah, we, these are very well thought out um, theories and questions. Um, exactly the kind of stuff that we talk about in our questions section. So um, if anybody has any thoughts or answers um, uh, or theories about what these answers could be, you can feel free to um, send us an email at uh, keystoloss at com. We'd love to hear what you think about Marcia's email as well.
0: And an email from Hooray for Hawking. What did he have to say, Les?
3: Hi, Matt and Leslie. I'm sure you've already thought of this, but the last Lost episode is perfect for the Who song, Substitute. Are you still taking rock moment submissions? Or should that be a lock rock moment? That could be a new music genre. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great episode, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts.
0: All right. Thanks, Hooray for Hawking. Yeah. Um, Perhaps you may have heard that I ended up putting some clips from this episode at the front with uh, the Who song substitute on
3: Oh, nice. Woo-hoo. Uh,
0: next email from Lost815by30Fay. It's subject the numbers. Okay, so here we are. Wow. Wanted to know what you guys think. So you think this finally closes the ever-present mystery of the numbers? I think it does. At least I'm perfectly satisfied if this is all they show us on them. I am thinking to myself, perhaps I am interpreting other things than the rest of the world is, but I'm thinking the writing on the wall is the origin of the numbers. I really think this is the end of the numbers as a mystery, but we will definitely see them again. What do you think? That being said, each of the prevalent numbers were assigned to candidates. I did some research to see the meanings of certain numbers and maybe the reason they were assigned to specific people. I present what I find relative to discuss. The number four, Locke, a Chinese bad luck number, death and suffering. Hmm, that seems to work. Number eight, Hugo, eightfold path, Buddhism, and a Chinese lucky number? And then you also said Leslie, uh, just to comment on the number 8, that uh, he said it's like the sign of infinity.
3: Right, so it also represents the, the infinity symbol. All
0: right. uh, he doesn't have anything for 15, 16, or 23, but for 42 he has sun slash jinn. Lots of Egyptian references involving judgment of the dead, man in black, or the scales. Um, 42 principles in an ancient moral code. Okay, according to the Book of the Dead, there are 42 gods, each representing a moral principle.
3: Very cool. All
0: right. Um, my question is, Kate is not a candidate, even though we saw her touched by Jacob. Okay, that is all. You guys rock. Yay, G. Kino as always.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, Lost 815 by 30, Faye. So we didn't really talk too much about Jake's about Kate's number not being up there, except for the fact that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um Imagine a scenario where Jack has become the protector of the item. And Sawyer has, of course, gone ahead and followed in MIB's footsteps. But for whatever reason, he didn't get the lead. So now we have the new Jacob and the new MIB being Jack and Sawyer. Let's just say. Okay. So what would be the dividing biggest dividing point between the two of them over the course of the Kate. seasons. Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, as far as, yes, Jacob did touch Kate, so she must be important in some way. We just haven't seen it.
3: Yeah. And I think, as I mentioned before, in, in, in her character study, that there's probably going to be some kind of big reveal with her in, in predicting season six moments. I think on the hiatus we talked a little about that.
0: Hopefully we'll, we'll see that uh, the touch means something and not just to be a candidate. I'm not still ready to relate the touches with being candidates yet, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll, see. we'll see. Last email.
3: From Sven Astep, uh the subject, the kids and the rules. Uh, Sven says, hello from Sweden. I've listened to a couple of podcasts and everyone I've heard so far speculate about the kid. Aaron and Jacob are the two names that have been mentioned a lot. I don't believe it's either of them, actually. Aaron's age doesn't fit, and I can't see how they can possibly explain how it could be him. I can't see it being Jacob, either. He's dead, and it's up to the Losties to fight the war. I can see Jacob talking to Hurley, since that's what his character has been built up to. But that's about it. We know about the rules between Nemesis and Jacob. And if there are rules, there must be someone who sets up the rules and monitors them. That person, I believe, is the island. The true and impartial leader whose only interest is to stay alive. I believe the island died in the 70s, but managed to survive by creating a new timeline. The timeline we see for the past six seasons. So the island, no doubt, allowed free will when Juliet sank the island, and will no doubt allow Nemesis free will to find a loophole as well. Um, Matt, you have a note here. Do you want to make a Yeah,
0: mention? I just want to comment. I think that we're seeing now that Juliet did not sink the
3: island. I think that's uh, important to point out.
0: I I, I think that that, that as far as that goes, all of that we don't have to think about MIB allowing the island uh, allowing Juliet to sink the island. First of all, because I think the proof of Ben in the alternative timeline is proof that the bomb had nothing to do with the island being sunk. Um... And obviously, if MIB wants to go home, he says it's just an island. It doesn't need protecting. Then that's why he doesn't care if Juliet would have sunk the island or if anybody would have sunk the island. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. All right.
3: And Sven goes on to say um, in his email, However, there are more rules, rules that we don't know yet and probably not Nemesis as well. The boy either is or represents the island and told Nemesis that what he's thinking about is against the rules. We never see Nemesis frustrated dealing with Jacob, but we saw it on this episode dealing with the island. Now, I don't think that's completely true. I think we have seen Man in Black be frustrated with Jacob. At the you, beginning of the incident on the beach, we yeah, see Yeah,
0: you know how badly I want to kill you. That, that yeah. sounds like a pretty lack of tolerance right there to me.
3: But I think that's also just part of his character. So the fact that he would be frustrated with Jacob and the fact that he would be frustrated with potentially the island who keeps the rules is is believable, I think that makes sense.
2: Okay.
3: Um, going on, uh, Sven says, Darlton has said last season mirrored season 2, and this season will mirror season 1. Children was a big deal in season 1, so I believe what they were trying to do with this child is to finally introduce the island as the final and biggest power player in the game. That's a really good, good point.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Nemesis and Jacob are only guests We always wanted to see the island as some sort of living being with its own will, soul, and heart, and now we get it. The island is very much a living thing, and the island is a child. I do believe we see the island having presented itself before. I think the black horse was the island as well. A big clue is the fact that Sawyer could see the child. We know that Hurley talked to the dead, Jacob, and one interesting thing he told Hurley was that Jen is unable to see him. So if the child is Jacob, why is it that Sawyer can see him but not Jen?
0: Talking of... Right, right. So he's saying if if Jen couldn't see Jacob's ghost the same way that Hurley could, mm-hmm. why is it that Sawyer can see the child the same as it might be Ken?
3: Yeah,
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's a
3: good question, I'm uh, sure.
0: Yeah, but I, I think what he's trying to do is he's just trying to eliminate the... He's saying the child is the island that yes. MIBC okay, not and not Jacob, I think is what this is supposed to be proving.
3: And I think we agree with that on this side.
0: Yeah, regardless of needing that to prove it. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks, Finn, for the email.
3: Thank you very much.
0: And with that, let's move on to Closing Thoughts. Closing her up. Closing Thoughts. Closing thoughts, Leslie.
3: Wow. I'm going to say what you said to begin with. Wow. I loved this episode, and talking about it made me like it even more. I think there's, you know, this was, we could have two or three podcasts about this episode, I think, and and still keep talking about it. Um, But I think we touched on all the major things, you know. and again, I, I, think, I think you've also got it right when you're saying, is, is this the end game? And I think this episode was really clearly pointing more towards getting some answers about the end game.
0: This episode just had so much information in it that I'm just still mind blown, even after trying to hash through it, you know. And we did touch most of the points either through ourselves, I guess, or through people's emails. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, thanks again, everyone, for your feedback. Any other thoughts?
3: No, I think it was a great episode, and I think we're uh, at the end of it.
0: Great. We're at the end of it. So (laughs) we're going to close the show. Let's do it. And uh, in the meantime, stay lost.
3: Equipment (laughs) you pick up.
0: It takes me, you know, by the time I figure out the intricacies (laughs) of any one piece of equipment, Generally, it's out of date. It's obsolete. <laughs> you know, I just mastered the cassette player last week.
3: Oh, really? But what I feel in my heart, they tell sincerely. That's not the right tune, though. No other words could tell it half so clearly. Three little words. ha, <laughs> ha. If only I could remember the tonal centers of the bridge and then going back into the
0: theories and
3: answers. Yay.
0: Okay. Uh huh. You checking your pulse?
3: No, I was just checking like the tightness of my muscles in my hands and my arms and the way that they make my fingers retract instead of like lay open loose.
2: Oh, getting old.
3: (laughs) Yeah, getting all grumbly over here.
0: keys to lost is a proud member of the lost podcasting network get all of your favorite lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com